0: Welcome to season two of The Trip That Changed Me, a podcast about transformative travel experiences hosted by me, Esme Benjamin, editor of Full-Time Travel. Coronavirus made it incredibly difficult to travel this year, which is why I believe we need stories like the ones on this podcast more than ever. Live vicariously with me every week as I Zoom with entrepreneurs, writers, entertainers, and everyday adventurers, to discuss a journey that shifted their mindset, ignited a new calling, expanded their heart, or ushered in a new chapter. My guests this week are Chris and Lauren Pronger, the husband and wife team behind Well-Inspired Travels, a boutique travel company that curates five-star trips with a health and wellness mindset. Hockey fans will know Chris as a legendary NHL defenseman, the winner of multiple awards, including the Hart Trophy, the Norris Trophy, and two Winter Olympics gold medals. His wife, Lauren, is a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and the founder of Well-Inspired Travels, which she launched in 2018. In the years before the couple met, each had their own international adventures. Chris left home at an early age when he began playing hockey professionally and traveled around the world competing. After Lauren's father was diagnosed with cancer when she was six, her family spent their summers on literal bucketless trips to Europe and Asia. These journeys, which often served as an opportunity for Lauren's dad to try Eastern medicinal treatments, rejuvenated him between rounds of chemo back in St. Louis. Happily, against the odds, he survived. I called the Prongers to discuss these formative travel experiences, the convergence of their individual passions, and how travel contributes to our sense of well-being. This episode of The Trip That Changed Me is sponsored by NordVPN, a service that protects your internet connection and online privacy wherever you are in the world. With a NordVPN subscription, you can stay safe while using Wi-Fi in public spaces and stream content from any and every country without restrictions. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash fulltimenord and use our code fulltimenord to get four free months when you purchase a two-year plan. That's nordvpncom com forward slash fulltime nord and the code fulltime nord for four free months of fast secure anonymous browsing. So Chris and Lauren, welcome. I don't think I've ever had two guests on the show before at the same time. So this is the first. Oh wow. We're excited.
1: Well we are honored. Keep your arguing
2: to a minimum, Lauren. <laughs>
0: <laughs> never, never. Ah, never, never. <laughs> Given that this, you know, this moment that we're in, I guess I should start by asking how you are and how this year has been for you so far.
1: I would say, like everybody, it definitely has had a lot of challenges, but it has also been a year of uh, deep dive into exploration and finding ways to make the best use of our time, always looking for the silver lining through these challenging times for sure. And we have been really fortunate to use the time wisely. And so I I like to say there's been a lot of hidden blessings during this just uh, unfortunate time.
0: Mm. I heard someone recently call it an enforced winter. Mm. And it's kind of like that period of reflection and downshifting and just having a lot more time to really evaluate what's important and where you want to go in the future. I Which like is, that. Yeah, it's yes. interesting because it's really hard for us to plan for the future right now. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Lauren, taking you all the way back, let's start with you. Tell me about your upbringing, your family and what your childhood's like.
1: I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers and grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And we had just a, a wonderful upbringing and did a lot of traveling as a family.
0: You said your dad. Grew up in St. Louis and was a, Did you say he was a lawyer? Yes,
1: he was an attorney, but no, he actually grew up in a small town in Oklahoma called Blackwell, Oklahoma. He was very hardworking young man and actually put himself through school as a bus driver and a taxi driver in Chicago. And then managed to get himself a full scholarship at Washington University here in St. Louis, where he met my mom and where they started our family here in St. Louis, Missouri. And
0: then sadly, when you were six years old, your dad got a really terrifying diagnosis, stage four colon cancer. And the doctors estimated that he had maybe 12 to 24 months to live. Mm -hmm. What recollections do you have from that time? Must have been terrifying.
1: Yeah, no, it was, uh, gosh, looking back, you know, at six years old, you just remember little bits and pieces, but certainly some really tough, tough times and witnessed some some very challenging times for my father. I just remember, though, what he endured and how he fought for his life. And he had uh, so much in him to beat this. And he had three young kids. He wanted to spend the rest of his life and, you know, help raise them. I remember my mom telling me, you know, that he would just pray to God just just let me raise my kids to you know the stage where then they can hopefully be young adults. so um, certainly was, how old was he at this point? He was 30. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna do my math here. probably 34. Oh my God, young. Yes, very, very young. far too
0: young. Oh, that's terrible. So having this horrible news, your dad decides he wants to spend the precious time that he has left traveling with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys decide that you're going to spend the summer in Europe. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit about that.
1: You know, my parents didn't tell us a whole lot at that time, other than the doctors gave him those two two and a half months off of chemo. And you know, I had witnessed my dad very very sick. And then when we went abroad. And it was, you know, such an incredible gift and opportunity as a young child to get to go to all these incredible countries that you read about in the history books. But then to witness them with your family on top of seeing my dad all of a sudden, you know, magically healthy or seemed to be in my eyes because he was off of chemo. So he wasn't, you know, violently sick and so forth. I'm looking at this whole situation and what travel did for my father and our family. And I'm like, this is magic. This is one of the best gifts of my whole life. It must have been so nice for your dad
0: to leave all of that chemo and the stress at home and just kind of live a different life for a while and step out of his daily routines. And did you feel that there was a shift in him when he came back
1: home? Was he sort
0: of revived?
1: I think he was given this spark of energy of like, "I I can do this. I can fight for my life. I got a little break. And he went back into his treatment and, you know, he got busy and started curating that that next summer travels as a way to keep him going through all that he was going to have to go through while we were at school again this year. And my mom and, and my brothers and myself are certain that planning that next summer really allowed him to fight for his life and gave him the will to endure all that he did.
0: And he, he wanted to visit Asia next, right? And mm-hmm. he'd been doing some of his own research into healing modalities that might be able to complement the Western medicine treatments that he was receiving at home. So what did you do when you got to Asia?
1: So yeah, it was interesting because he purposely chose Asia and from the, the studying he was doing on Eastern medicine and holistic healing methods that he was missing in his life to allow him to fight for his life. And the tools that he needed to endure the pain and and all the suffering that he was going through. And my dad was very much, he was very much a more holistic treatment kind of guy. And so he wanted to learn more about, you know, deep detoxes and intense acupuncture and all the different holistic healing methods that he could go and learn more about with the the best of the best. So with those tools, and he learned a lot about meditation. So when we went over there, he came back with all these incredible tools that, you know, ultimately allowed him to fight for his life and survive. Which countries did you guys visit? Oh my gosh, we went to China, we went to (laughs) Thailand, we went to the Philippines, we went all over. And so my mom was so busy, you know, taking us around and touring while my dad would kind of escape off into these little villages. And we wouldn't see him for a couple of days at a time. And we really, um, you know, knew it was it was what was best for him.
0: And ultimately, your dad did survive the cancer. Yes. How do you feel that travel contributed to his will to keep fighting?
1: I just believe that he, he always loved to travel and he wanted to see the world so desperately. And his upbringing didn't allow him to do so. And then, you know, with... Um, his profession, and he had the money and, and the means to be able to take our family. And so it was all that much more beautiful for him to fight for his life and to be able to then enjoy it with his family. And and like you said, he did beat cancer. And so with that, every moment and every opportunity that we had to travel and see see the world, um, we did so. And it was just woven through our family for the rest of our lives.
0: And him, him surviving ab to the cancer really was against the odds. Like the the doctors thought he wouldn't have more than a couple of years to live.
1: You yeah, know, how
0: did he feel? He must have felt like he he'd been given another chance.
1: Oh, ab, uh, yes, definitely. He, I mean, my dad lived every day like it was his last. And I don't think unless you go through something like that, we any of us can comprehend that. But he certainly did. He just you know cherished every moment every meal every sip of wine every, you know i mean he just got everything out of life and lived each day like it was his last so how did that experience impact your own you know
0: um interest in travel as you got older
1: i just always had such a passion for seeing as many different countries and cities and you know you kind of try to check off as many as you can or put the push pins in the map it's it's always been so important to me and I just like my father enjoy seeing the different cultures and the trying the different food and you know you just you get to see the world in such a different eye of instead of watching it on movies or videos or history books and so forth, to be able to walk through these streets and these cities and experience it firsthand is a gift that there is nothing in the world that you could buy me versus giving me a trip. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. (laughs) Yes, and Chris knows this all too well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a little break to talk about
0: today's sponsor. This episode of The Trip That Changed Me is sponsored by NordVPN, a virtual private network service provider. So I just went back to the UK to see my family, and NordVPN was a real life enhancer for two big reasons. Firstly, I could get on the Wi-Fi at Heathrow Airport and know the connection was totally private and secured with double encryption technology. And secondly, because NordVPN lets you connect to servers all over the world, I could stay up to date with my US HBO shows while abroad. Don't know about you, but I am currently obsessed with the undoing. Right now, NordVPN is offering our listeners an exclusive deal. Purchase a two-year plan and receive four additional months absolutely free. I promise you, at the very least, it will make this long winter at home much more scintillating. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash full Nord and use our code full Nord at checkout for four free months. That's nordvpn.com slash full Nord and use the code full Nord. Chris, you've been very patient. Um, let's talk a bit about your background. I'm
2: always very patient. <laughs> oh, no,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> So you grew up in Canada and you were playing hockey from a young age. Did you always dream about making a career of it?
2: I think you have those visions and dreams of one day playing in the NHL and scoring that game winning goal in game seven to win the Stanley Cup and have a, a career that you could be proud of. But, uh, you know, you're you're young and I think it's, it's great to have dreams and things of that nature. So it was always something that... Uh, that drove me and I wanted to succeed. And, you know, I, it wasn't really, uh, I think a a reality until I got a little bit older and could really test my game against some of the Canada's best at different tournaments and things of that nature. So, it, yeah, I mean, it was uh, a dream that myself and my brother and my friends all had as we played road hockey and, and uh, pond hockey. And, and then obviously down at the, the local arena in Dryden.
0: And how old were you when you began playing professionally?
2: Uh, I was 18 years old. I was drafted wow. by the Hartford Whalers.
0: What was your training schedule like?
2: Uh, my first couple years, I was not acutely uh, <laughs> aware of my training schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite in the same mindset as I got, uh, got into a little bit later. I, uh, I was a little probably immature and left home when I was 15 and, oh, wow. uh, I, you know, I think I, had as I look back on it, I was probably a little pushback on being forced to grow up at such a young age and, and not being able to be a real teenager and, and make all those silly mistakes that we make and and don't have to worry about as, uh, the limelight gets thrown on you at a young age. tend to have to steer away from a lot of things and uh, be a little proper and things of that nature. So I, uh, I think I, I spent my summer uh, summertime as a misspent youth, so to speak, and, uh, and probably lashed out a little bit in that regard and uh, grew up uh, when I got here to St. Louis and probably when I was 22, really started to take my training more seriously and, and started eating properly and, and, and really, committing to a regimen and program and things like that, that are really going to take hold in in someone's career and take hold in how your body is kind of formed and and maintained throughout the course of a long season and then into an off season. And and that cycle begins again and you're able to kind of build on what you did the previous summer.
0: Oh, one thing I meant to ask you is you played in the winter Olympics, right? How was that experience? Four times. Wow. I did.
2: I was part of the inaugural NHL players going over in to, uh, to the Olympics in 1998 when it was in Nagano, Japan, and then I played in the O2 Salt Lake City Olympics in Utah, and then I played in the Torino Italy Olympics in 2010, and then uh, finished it off with a gold medal in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia in 2010.
0: I mean, a gold medal <laughs> in the Olympics, that's got to be the absolute pinnacle for an athlete. Didn't it just feels uh, so good.
2: Yeah. You know, I think for for us as a country, it you know, t- we take hockey very seriously. And and typically when you go into these types of events, we're favored and you know, it can create two separate things. It's it's pressure, but it's also expectations. And you know, I think in two of the four we rose to the occasion and and we're able to win gold in Salt Lake in 02 and then gold again in 2010 in Vancouver. And when, when I look back on those teams that were successful, we were able to continually excel and get better with each successive game and, and kind of really gel as a, as a cohesive unit and group. And in the two years, 98 and really more 98 than 06, 98, we, I think we played more not to lose than to win. And I think in in o two and 2010 we played to win and I think oh six we just we 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 struggled we almost played our best games in the beginning and didn't get better. we kind of got stagnant and uh, when you're playing in those types of events, best on best against the uh, top players in the world it's uh, it's difficult to overcome those types of uh, downfalls.
0: Mm-hmm. So travel must have been a huge part of your life at that point. What were some of the coolest experiences and biggest perks while you were playing professionally when you were younger?
2: Yeah, I think just for me, seeing different parts of the country that I hadn't seen, you're obviously flying around uh, all over the place. A lot of times, you know, charter flights and things of that nature and getting whatever food you want on the plane. And, you know, it was obviously back then a pretty relaxed situation. So, you know really just kind of coming off the bus getting on the plane getting on the bus going to the hotel you know walking around different cities and eating at great restaurants and you know having some good veterans around me able to really see some of the some of the cities and and obviously be guided by some very influential mentors uh, throughout my career
0: obviously it's going to take a huge toll on your body a sport well, like hockey what were some of the worst injuries that you experienced? Oh, my years?
1: gosh. How much time do you have, <laughs> uh, I, Yeah. I've,
2: I've had 15 surgeries now, and I had three hand surgeries, three wrist surgeries, a back surgery, five knee surgeries, a foot knee surgery, oh a jaw surgery. Uh, I would say the most painful surgery or, or injury I've had was my back. It uh literally brought me uh into, you know, sweats and I just I'd take me five minutes to get out of my car and I'd have to stand up when I ate. It was Oof. it was pretty debilitating.
0: That sounds terrible. So obviously, you know, you adore hockey, but at some point you met the other love of your life, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how did you guys meet?
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. Chris,
0: you, you give the <laughs>
1: condensed version.
2: I'll give the, uh, I'll give or... the, uh,
1: <laughs> I'll the, fill in the, the blanks. The... Don't worry Esme. Yeah, non our <laughs> version,
2: you know, actually a friend of Lauren's, uh, I, I was friendly with her. She was, uh, friends with, uh, myself and, and our backup goalie, my running mate back then, Jamie McLennan. And, uh, um, you know, we, you know, meet out at various bars and talk and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, at any rate, she called me one night asking what we were doing, and I was I was heading home, and she said, "Well, I got a friend with me," and and ultimately they came over, and and Jamie came by later on that evening, and you know we we talked for five hours and got to know each other a little bit. Uh, you know, there wasn't
1: no chemistry fireworks, in Chris? the sense that <laughs> no, no. yeah,
2: there was. You know, I think we both you know I was attracted to her, but I think it was more just kind of talking and getting to know one another and and really trying to you know understand where we both were in our careers i was you know in the midst of my best pro career where i won the heart and norris and uh lauren was uh busy uh going to school and and doing her deal so we were uh you know we had a lot of things going on in our our own we'll call them professional lives and um, at, you know, I think most athletes can tell you it's it's difficult to, on your personal life when you're immersed and and very uh, maniacal and and focused on your career and your job and what you do need to do to be successful. And you know, it's uh, you know you're you're trying to find the right one that that can uh, help you not only on that side of things, but then form and create a, a life outside of the sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the slow burn relationships are always the most sustainable, I think. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So did travel always play an important role in your life together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would say we started traveling even that first summer when, because we got engaged, Chris left that detail out. We met in (laughs) January. Chris, was that January of 99?
2: No, that was January 2000. 2000,
1: okay. And he proposed as May at the beginning of April of 2000. Mm. So very short engagement, but then we had, well, no, a short time of knowing each other before he proposed, but then a long engagement. We had about a year and a half engagement before we got married. So even that first summer, we went on a few trips together. And because I I guess I had to test the waters and make sure he was comfortable to travel because it was so important in in my life, as I was (laughs) telling you. And uh, that kind of started a little bit of of well-inspired travels and just our our journey with that and very eye-opening to me to see his uh, response to, hey, let's go on some trips. Let's go travel.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, at this point, Chris is probably training like crazy. So how easy is it to go traveling when you have that kind of regimen to keep up with?
1: Yeah, and and I think that uh, was interesting because to me it was just part of who I was and any opportunity that I had to travel. So if I'm not in school, then I'm going to use that opportunity to go explore. And I think when we had that conversation, I could just immediately see kind of the the panic kind of set in his face of like, well, wait a second. Okay. If we go to that property, what kind of gym do they have? What kind of dietary style? Cause this is how I have to eat. And this is, you know, it's this list of things that he needed and required to step away from his life for about two and a half, three months. And it just baffled me. I was like, oh, my gosh, God love you. You've worked your whole life to be able to enjoy things like this. And you've got the money to do it and the time off. But yet, you know, you could just see it unglued him.
2: You know, I think when you look back at at that time frame, early 2000s, the health and wellness industry and the boom and, in, in gyms and things of that nature was just kind of kicking off and, and having a gym and a resort a lot of times was an afterthought. They'd give you a broom closet. <laughs> 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 it, it would seem like they'd say, yeah, we have a, we have a great fitness center and it was like a closet. And you're like, Oh yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I feel like back, you know, that was the start of, uh certain companies really taking health and wellness and their spa and fitness centers and things of that nature really started to become a focal point of the hotel more so than an afterthought Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. finding those were few and far between in the beginning but they were still there and they were still around and um you know as the fitness industry got bigger and bigger so too did uh, the fitness centers and spas in hospitality.
0: And then, Lauren, around this time, you started really expanding your wellness education. At what point did you come up with the idea to launch Wellness inspired Travels?
1: Gosh, I have always been very interested in health and wellness, and a lot of that attributes to the fact of uh, you know, what Chris was, was going through, whether it was a new you know surgery he had to have or like he was talking about his back issues or a certain way that he needed to eat to up his game to even to the next level or even our son is gluten intolerant. So it just seems like anytime there was a challenge in front of me, I just dove headfirst into any books. And I did go back to a few different schools, um, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition based in New York. And that actually was such a a beautiful gift I gave myself because it really helped me develop well-inspired travels. And it was kind of just organically evolved through, I would say, 10 to 12 years of just being friends with a lot of different athletes from all different professional sports and their wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And uh about, you know, 10 years ago when social media first started, I had this little small private account, you know, Lauren Pronger, and most of my posts were photos of the travels and the places that either Chris and myself went to, or we went to with our kids. And most of the time they were focused around, you know, health and wellness type resorts. And so it really, um, the antennas went up of my network and, and Chris's network. And they essentially started reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, where is that? I don't, I have never even heard of it. And, you know, my husband, he has some time off or we've got some time off. And, um, we'd love just to kind of piggyback off of that exact same trip that you went on. You know, would you help me build that itinerary? Gosh, it bring it brought me back to such a happy place because, you know, travel did so much for my father and, and my family. And if I could, you know, bring some joy to somebody in our athletic network, because I know how stressful it can be for the player and or the families. And so I just, you know, started helping them plan these trips. And gosh, you know, 10 years later, you've got 20, 25, 30 clients, I guess you would call them. And Chris looks at me and he's like, you need to turn this into a business. And uh, so that was essentially how Well Inspired Travels kind of evolved. What's special about a trip arranged by
0: Well Inspired Travels? You know, what makes you guys unique?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the biggest things, while you know, I think we certainly listen to our clients, and we, we walk them through the process. We we want to we want it to be a fully immersive groupthink, if you will, where we're we're more relationship-driven. We want to get to know our clients. We really want to know what makes them tick. We want to know, you know, the good and the bad about each and every trip they've taken, and and kind of meld it all together so that uh, as we discuss different properties, or a client comes to us and says, "Hey, I want to go to Cabo." You know, and I'm not our first response is not going to be, oh, well, we here's three properties. uh, Take your pick. And, you know, our first question is always going to be, well, why do you want to go there? What's special about there? What do you want to do while you're there? Um, You know, are you looking for adventure? Are you looking for the beach? Are you looking for culinary? Are you looking for culture? Are You you know, all the different things that people want to be able to partake in and, and learn more about and understand about different uh, areas of the world and destinations. We, we really wanna immerse ourselves in, in their mindset and having been in their shoes and understanding, having been an uh, elite athlete and, and knowing the demands on their time, the pressures of the job, uh, the fame, the fortune, the stress on family life where Lauren would come in. Um, all those different things, we can then really get to know them on a personal level And as we begin to discuss options and things, you you get to know them and, you know, a mentorship side of it comes together where we're able to discuss, you know, the different pitfalls and landmines that are going to be along the path in in their various careers. And, and, you know, we really didn't touch on it, but one of the reasons why we, you know, are elite athletes, celebrities, CEOs, C-level executives and business owners is the mindset that it takes to build a business to run a business at the highest level and obviously be an elite athlete. Uh, the desire and the will to get there and the drive and determination to stay there is exactly the same. And, and, you know, there's so many parallels amongst those three groups that uh, that's kind of how we kind of funneled towards that. Chris did such a
1: great job describing kind of what, uh, what we offer our clients. Um, but I will say just kind of um, stepping back into the point he made about mentorship, to me, that uh, was such a beautiful part of building the business. Because, you know, really, when you are speaking to, back then, they were friends and helping them plan these trips, you know, it always kind of evolved into something that was going on um, within the household, whether it's, you know, oh, gosh, I know, you know, your husband has suffered from concussions. And how did you deal with that? And, you know, it just really opened up these doors for trust level and a friendship. And um, if if we can share anything about, you know, our journey as a family and professional sports and, and what Chris endured in his career and um, like Chris said, even when it comes to um, CEOs and and speaking to them or, or their wives, they essentially deal with a lot of the same um, struggles that professional athletes do too, from you know sleep issues and stress management, and that really ties into us planning a trip and finding those properties that are great fits for them so that they learn these tools. And you go way back to even my dad and going over to Asia and learning these holistic healing tools and methods to bring back into his everyday life that essentially gave him his life back. And so that has been a theme woven through Well-Inspired Travels from day one when I was, you know, six years old and fell in love with travel.
0: And ultimately, Chris, did decide to come aboard too, even though it was Lauren's business to begin with. Yes. Um, So what happened there? Like, how did you end up leaving Uh, hockey and and moving into travel?
1: I have to give Chris some kudos because, you know, for all those, gosh, many years while he was playing professional hockey and the moves and the trades and having the babies and the long road trips. It was such a blessing and incredible gift that he gave me to say, hey, you know what? I know you put your life and I've always wanted to have a career of my own and on the backburners." And he said, you know, go ahead and chase this dream. And he really, you know, helped out on the home front and, and took care of the kids so that I could sit down in front of my computer essentially for, you know, close to six months and type out all the content and help, you know, build the website and just get it off the ground. Um, which now, gosh, we've gone through four different websites since that first uh, for those first couple of months. But if it weren't for Chris really um, allowing me that opportunity, it never would have become what it is today. And, um so I was on my own doing it for, gosh, I would say, close to a year. and he was incredibly supportive though on on the sidelines for me. And it was actually, it's kind of funny because the kids <laughs> were like, so wait a second, mom, dad's kind of like working for, you now. he's, he's helping with all of a sudden, yes, there's a little bit of role reversal. Here, I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, that's how you really perfect a marriage, that mutual respect and love yeah. for each other and giving back and giving each other those opportunities to find, find what you want to do in life. And yeah, I mean, I, I I vividly remember, you know, the conversation Chris and myself were at Blackberry Farm. I'm sorry, Blackberry Mountain. This sister property is now Blackberry Mountain, which is a little bit more focused on health and wellness. And we were at dinner and, and um, we'd kind of been discussing, you know, Chris coming on board because he was so he was getting more and more involved with each passing day and helping me on the business side of things and um, very supportive. And so it just seemed kind of the natural next step and Chris do you want to take it from there or the dinner conversation how what transpired that evening
2: oh I well I think we just we were having a conversation about where where the business can go what where it can go next you know how if I'm going to become involved and and take take this challenge on full-time we're going to need to steer the company in in another direction than than kind of where it was positioned. And you know, I think from Lawrence's perspective, she wanted to know that I was committed and wanted wanted to do it. And you know, because I was going to be leaving hockey and and exiting that side of of that career and and kind of jumping in headfirst into this one and and kind of you know really immersing myself and and becoming a, a, a focal part of the business and, and the company. So, um, you know, really, I think she wanted to make sure that I was comfortable with it. And, and secondly, that, uh, I was as interested as I sounded. And, and, um, you know, I think for me, it's, it running a business and and a company has always been something that I've wanted to do in, in my life. And I looked at, uh, Investing in a couple of companies, uh, I think two or three years prior to Lawrence starting the company, and um, you know, just you know, it wasn't the right fit. I, I think I learned all along. You don't want to do something just to do it. You want to have a passion for it and and a clear understanding of what you're trying to do and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I think this is something that I really understand and and can. Can grasp fully, and and obviously with uh, with Lauren by my side and and our team uh, uh, right there along with us, we're able to to really kind of roll our sleeves up and, and kind of get to work right off the bat and and start uh, kind of plugging away at what we needed to do, how we wanted to shape the company, and and start making phone calls and and really just start immersing in in what we needed to do, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I think she just wanted to see the passion that i had and i think from that first conversation i think she realized that uh, i was fully invested in, in and on board and wanted to uh, build this company to uh, to great heights and and you know to take it to, to where we believe it can be
0: so i hired him <laughs> oh, i love that no i mean what you said lauren is so true i think sometimes when there's one partner one half of the relationship who's incredibly successful the other one has to kind of just be that like their main job is being their support network in mm-hmm. some sense, you know, just being there to, to boost and bolster their dreams. So I'm so glad that you got to pursue yours as well. But I feel like we skipped over, Chris, the story about how you left hockey, you know, the horrible injury that you had. I watched the video on YouTube oh. and I was like, Eesh, it yeah. looks terrible. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was on the tail end of... 13 surgeries at that point, and mm. I had actually that summer come off back surgery, had trained all summer in preparation to get off to a great start to the season, was off to arguably one of the best starts I've ever had in at the beginning of the season, and, uh, and then get hit with a stick in the eye, and at the, at that particular moment when I got hit, I was more worried about my eye than so-called mm. concussions and things of that nature. I was worried about whether I was going to be able to see again. And, uh, there was the, the full brunt force of the stick hit me in the eye. Uh, as I saw the stick coming towards me, I kind of moved away and the heel of the stick hit me directly in the eye and a small little piece of the stick kind of clipped my eyebrow and cut me for two stitches. But other than that, uh, the full force of everything was, was literally to my eyeball. So there was a tremendous amount of trauma and and bleeding going on inside my eyes, so it was
1: uh,
2: uh, troubling and and difficult to see and and you know obviously painful in the beginning. So it was uh, hard to really uh, grasp what what was going on.
0: I mean, how did you recover from that? Not only physically but also emotionally.
2: And Lauren will probably be able to attest to this. Where when when I'm playing and in, in, you know, playing mode and, you know, you, you're you hurt all the time or you're nicked up, you're bumps and bruises and, you know, broken bones and things like that. Um, a lot of times you're just kind of pushing through stuff like that and, and you're like, okay, mind over matter and you just kind of play through it and allow your body to kind of heal on the fly. This particular one, I took 12 days off. I had eight or nine days where I had to lay in bed literally the whole time. I got up on the 10th day. I think I walked around the block. The 11th day, I I had a bike in the house that I used to train on, so I rode that bike for, like, 10 or 15 minutes really lightly. Then I went to the rink for day 12, and I, you know, had them look at my eye and obviously was going back and forth with the eye doctor a lot every day, looking at it and kind of trying to put drops in to clear out all the blood and trauma. And... Then after the 12th day, I worked out a little bit there. Then I went on the ice on day 13. Then I practiced with the team on day 14. And then I flew to Florida for a road trip, played the next day.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: So I really didn't give myself time to really fully understand the magnitude of kind of what was wrong with me and what was going on. My eye was clearing up so I could see. And... So I was like, okay, well, I can see, I'm fine. I can, you know, get ready to go back playing. And all the while when I was riding the bike and I was skating and doing whatever, I was starting to get nauseous and headaches and, you know, little, my vision was a little bit blurry, but that was, you know, you can always, you know, pass that off as trauma or, you know, blood moving around in your eye or stuff like that. So, I really wasn't too worried about it because I was so invested in the season, invested in getting back into shape and playing and whatnot. So it was, uh, probably more troubling for Lauren than it was for me because I, uh, you know, I'm not really too worried about my body and things like that. When I'm playing, I'm more focused on winning and helping the team win and, and being successful. And probably let's see the two, three, three games into that road trip. I kind of, fell on a two-on-one, hit my head, and I was a little groggy after that. Then I got hit again the next night in Philly. God. (laughs) And then we went to... uh, Yeah, and then we went to Winnipeg for my final game. And at the time, Winnipeg, freshly back in the league, and was probably, at the time, the loudest building in the league because of how crazy they were to have the the NHL back in Winnipeg. And, I mean, it was... It was just ridiculous. My head was pounding, and I was nauseous, and you know, just doing stupid things that I had never done before in my career. And um, after the game, I just looked at the trainer. I'm like, something's not right. I need to. I need to get looked at. This is. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get hurt because I'm doing things that just are out of character and and not in my skill set. And uh, you know, ultimately, I got looked at, and and they said, well, you need to go see this guy now who in turn looked at my medical file and looked at my concussion history, looked at all this stuff. was like, how are you even playing? (laughs) So it was uh, right, right then and there, as soon as he talked to me about long-term ramifications and, you know, where I was at with respect to post-concussion and and all that stuff. I, I, as soon as I started talking to him, I kind of knew the way I felt on the ice and knew how The mistakes i was making on the ice and the things that i was doing and and uh you know it really that's when it started to worry me more so than when i was physically actually playing
0: it sounds like it must have been so tough but you know the right choice was to call it a day then and to start this new this new chapter of your life which is really cool that you're doing this together given everything that's happened this year what's next for you guys in work love and travel
1: A lot. We are looking forward to coming out of this stronger than ever. And we, like I said, at the beginning of the conversation, just finding these little silver linings during this time. And for us, we never would have paused and taken the opportunity to do the business development. The things that, you know, looking back are so vitally important to the success of our company moving forward. We were kind of moving forward fast and furious and, you know, we're moving with a lot of different clients and then COVID happened and it just kind of forced us to slow down and regroup. Not that we were doing anything wrong, but I look at the things that we've implemented during this time from a business development side of things as so important. And I'm so grateful that we had this time I kind of equate it to Super Mario Bros when he was like a little little Mario and then he came out, you know, like bigger and badder than ever and just pouncing on everything. So we are really looking forward to, uh, to that time. And I uh, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: So before you go, I would love to do a quick fire round. How do you feel about that?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Okay. If you were going to build a hotel, where would it be
1: located? Ooh, gosh. Does that mean you're going to live at this hotel? Because that's... (laughs) (laughs) No, just somewhere where you feel like it would be... Well, you could live there if you wanted. Okay. Well, then... hmm. Chris, I'm going to let you start with this one.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, I would say... Amalfi coast of Italy.
1: Oh, wow. nice, there good
2: choice.
0: I'm go. um, <laughs> Top tip for traveling with kids.
1: Oh, I'll take the lead on this one since I'm the one yes. that packs and handles them for the most part when uh, they're <laughs> on the plane. Because somebody puts his earbuds in and bye bye, Chris.
2: <laughs> hey, it's all about knowing what you're what you're good at. Strengths. Are, okay, I'll let you slide out Stick of that. Stick to what one. you know.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would say, in terms of like on the plane, I always pack snack bags, healthy snacks for the kids um, ever since they were little guys, just because if they are not well fed, it can turn into a disaster. Making sure that they always have uh, books on top of electronics, because as we all know, things always die or have is- technical issues. And then also just making sure that, you know, they've got all their vitamins and so forth because, you know, traveling can be germ infested, everything all the time. So, um, and then also trying to separate, we've got two boys and a, and a little girl. So we try to always get the boys in a room together and then allow Lila her own space because I I came from two older brothers too. And so I, I feel her pain. You don't want to share (laughs) a bathroom with brothers. So. Oh, What's the one item you never ever travel without? I'm going to answer this one because Chris knows it and he actually steals my one item. It's a. (laughs) 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 Well, it's true. It's called a spunk. It is essentially like uh, the bottom of a, a golf shoe, it's an acupuncture mat. And so I'm a big believer in it. And you can just, it's like a little pad and you lay on it from the top of your shoulders to your waist, and you lay on it for about 20 minutes before you go to bed, and it uh, puts you into a deep state of relaxation and calms every nerve in your body. So when you're not in your bed at home and you're in a a different bed, it's kind of nice because it makes you almost feel like you're home. Well, I know what I'm going to ask for for Christmas. There you go. (laughs) Yes. It is
2: very, very relaxing.
1: It's on our website, too. I tend to fall asleep on it. If anybody is curious, if you go to our website, you can see I did a blog about it because... It is such a bizarre contraption. People are like, oh, what? And what do you do? And you lay on a bed of nails? <laughs> I'm definitely looking
0: that up. Yes. What's the first place you'll visit when the pandemic is over?
2: Got a couple of trips, I think, in the hopper. One is over to Scotland. Another is uh, Lauren and I are potentially going somewhere for our 20th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm.
1: That one's secret. Congrats. We
2: uh, Should I release it? right here lauren
1: oh sure so you we might
2: go to croatia croatia yes. is on our great list choice of must-sees yes um so we've got a few that are uh you know that are i think london and paris was on our list so we've got we've got a number of locations abroad that we're yeah. interested in
1: nice
0: top tip for staying
1: healthy while traveling we are big believers in getting IV drips. Um, we try to do them once a month. And so we, I always book them right before we're going to be going on a trip. So it's actually a great service here in St. Louis. They come to your house and it just kind of really gets your system ready to handle anything that you might come across during your travels. Um, and then also bringing, I always have vitamin C with me when I travel as well and always take my powdered greens. So just got to keep that immune system strong.
0: I do powdered greens too. Mm. Not necessarily when I'm traveling, but I do like them. If you could teleport somewhere just for the day, where would you go and what would you do?
1: I would have to say Bora Bora. It is definitely on my bucket list and hard place to get to. So if you could teleport, I mean, that would be a no brainer, (laughs) but the ultimate, uh, destination for relaxation, which we could all use coming out of COVID. Um, my parents actually traveled there when I was in high school and they brought home the most beautiful black pearl and turned it into a very special ring that I still have to this day. So I hope to go there myself one, one day with my husband. And maybe we can dive for some black pearls, Chris.
2: We and will can, do it. oh. You
1: can add to it.
2: That may be for the 25th.
1: Oh boy. There you go.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, thank you
0: so much, guys. It's been wonderful having you both on. And uh, yeah, you're a good team, I can tell. Oh, thank you. Thank Where you. can people find you on the internet?
2: I'll take that. Uh, they can find <laughs> us on the internet on uh, a few different locations uh, www.com. Well inspired travels with an S.com. And they can find us on Facebook, Well Inspired Travels. And they can find us on Instagram, Well Inspired Travels. Lauren, anywhere else?
1: Wonderful. Thank you both so much.
0: Really appreciate Thank you, it. Thank you, Esme. Thank you, A lot of fun. You can learn more about Chris and Lauren and their business by visiting wellinspiredtravels.com. That's travels with an S. You can also follow them all across the social universe via the handle at wellinspiredtravels. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you liked it. You can learn more about us by visiting fulltimetravel.co or following us on Instagram at full underscore time underscore travel. If you have a story you want to share on the trip that changed me, drop us a line. And please be sure to rate, review and subscribe so we can keep this adventure going.